When Jesus begins a sentence with the words, I am, in the Gospel of John, your ears should always perk up a little bit. Throughout this Gospel, Jesus teaches his disciples about himself through what scholars have come to call, for lack of a better uh, phrase, I am statements. There are seven of them peppered throughout this Gospel, and they're important for lots of reasons. For one, they point to Jesus's divine character. I am who I am is a rough translation of the answer that God gives to Moses when Moses asks for God's name. We're meant to hear that story and that divine name in the background as Jesus addresses his friends and followers again and again with those words, I am. These statements also reveal something of who Jesus is, of course each one coming at that question of identity from a different angle. I'm the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus says. I'm the light of the world. I am the door. You can dive into any of those statements as a way of exploring who Jesus is and what he's come to do. There's one more thing these I am statements offer besides. They also give us images for the ways in which we're invited to relate to Jesus. Let me show you what I mean. I'm the good shepherd, Jesus said in the reading we heard last Sunday. Well, if Jesus is the shepherd and we are the sheep, then we're invited to follow, to trust him enough to follow where he leads us. I'm the bread of life, Jesus says earlier in this gospel. Okay, so if Jesus is the bread and we're the hungry crowds, then we're invited to be nourished by him, to be fed by his words and his presence. You see how this works? The I am statements not only show us who Jesus is, but what it looks like to be in relationship with him. There are multiple dimensions to that relationship. No one image can cover them all, so we need lots of statements, lots of images. Which brings us to that one in front of us this morning. I am the true vine, Jesus says. He even gives us our part in the analogy. You are the branches. Many of the I am statements invite us into fairly active roles where there's something pretty definite and concrete that we are asked to do. Sheep should follow their shepherd. Hungry crowds should eat the bread that's offered to them. Lost and stumbling travelers should make their way toward the light. There's a definite action implied by those analogies. But what can a branch be asked to do? Branches just kind of stay put and be what they are. And so the invitation to the branch is different. It is simply invited to abide in the vine. There's a word we don't use very much, right? When was the last time somebody asked you where you abide? It's a word that's gone out of common use in English, but our Bible translation keeps it here in the Gospel of John and also in the Epistle of John, which we heard read from today. And I'm glad that it does, because I think it evokes something beautiful and maybe even radical in Jesus's words. So what does that mean to abide? Some contemporary translations have tried to use a more current word there, remain in me as I remain in you, some say, or live in me as I live in you. And those aren't wrong. The Greek word that's used there, meno, does mean those things. 
But I like abide, that old word, because it evokes restfulness for me, an unhurried sort of presence that isn't anxious and isn't going anywhere. We sang a version of the 23rd Psalm last Sunday with a text by the 18th century English hymn writer Isaac Watts. Watts took lots of liberties there, moving quite far from the original biblical text. The whole psalm is beautiful, but it's the last stanza that really stays with me. The sure provisions of my God attend me all my days. O may your house be my abode and all my work be praise. There would I find a settled rest while others go and come. No more a stranger or a guest, but like a child at home. Finding a settled rest in God's presence. No longer a stranger or guest, but a child at home. Isn't that a beautiful image? Imagine a child sitting on the sofa, looking slowly through a picture book, one page at a time. Or lying on her belly on the carpet, stacking Legos to make a tower. Or seated at the kitchen table, hunched over a box of crayons and a sheet of paper. For a child like this, there's no question of where she belongs, no question of what else she ought to be doing with her time, no worry about how much she's accomplishing or not accomplishing at that moment. She is simply there, alive, where she's meant to be. I think that's what it means to abide. Make your home in me as I do in you, says Eugene Peterson in his translation of this passage in the message. Be unhurried, be relaxed, be at peace, be at home. I don't know about you, but I think abiding has not been easy this past year. It's been a time of so much anxiety, so much worrying about loved ones and jobs and the future, of plans that keep getting upended, of uncertainty on top of uncertainty. Who has felt at home in this last year? Part of the problem is that so many of the places and contexts where we are used to settling in and being present with others have not been available. It's been a year when we couldn't just sit lazily talking with friends around the dinner table late into the night, or travel to visit loved ones in far-off countries, or settle into worship here in our familiar sanctuary with our community surrounding us. Sure, online technologies have helped. We can meet and communicate and keep in touch online, and that's a wonderful thing. But can you abide with others on Zoom? I'm not sure. It's been a difficult time for abiding, but it's worth noticing that Jesus' invitation to his disciples in this passage comes at a difficult time for them as well. Our reading today is part of what's commonly known as the farewell discourse in John, Jesus' final words to his disciples on the night of his betrayal and arrest. Over several chapters here at the end of the gospel, he tells them very plainly that he's about to leave them, and they will no longer have him present with them in the same way. They're on the cusp of this time of great uncertainty and change, and it's right here that he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. So remember how I said there are seven of those I am statements in the Gospel of John? This is the very last one, Jesus' final words about 
who he is and what it means to be in relationship with him. This is what he finally has to say to his friends in preparing them for the bumpy and anxious road ahead. Not, don't mess up, be sure you get all this right, stay busy, but abide in me as I abide in you. Maybe he knows that in an anxious time, it's easy to forget how connected we are. It's easy to feel like we are all alone and everything depends on us. It's easy to feel like a lonely branch off in some forgotten corner of the field. But that is not who you are, Jesus says to his friends. Even in the difficult time ahead, when you're not always going to know where to go or what you need to be doing, you are branches on the vine. You are connected to me and to one another. My life is flowing to you. You are never alone. Don't forget that. Settle in. Be who you are. Abide in me as I abide in you. Jesus' invitation here is important in any season, but maybe it's particularly important in times of worry and uncertainty, times when we are bound to lose our footing. Maybe it's particularly important one year into a pandemic. Stop. Remember who you are. Be unhurried and at rest in the presence of Christ. Get comfortable on Jesus' sofa for a while. Lie down on the carpet on your belly with a book. Settle into a chair in his kitchen. Be at home. Abide. It's an invitation to prayer, of course, or to a walk with no agenda but remembering that you are not alone, or to simply stopping whatever chatter is in your head, making you fearful and worried, and remembering that you are a branch on the vine that is Christ, letting that knowledge sink in deep once again. It's not that this is all Christian life is about. Loving your neighbor, caring for the poor, welcoming the stranger. We're called to all of that too. There is no shortage of work to be done. But we will not do any of it well, Jesus says, if we are brittle and dried out, empty of life and nourishment. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. The hymn that we are about to sing and hear Natalie sing as well gives another beautiful image of abiding. The author of this text from the 18th century compares Christ to an apple tree, a source of nourishment and life and also a place of rest. In the fourth stanza, we're invited to sit and rest a while under the shadow of this strong, graceful tree. So settle into Jesus' invitation to abide this morning, to be who you are, to be unhurried, to have nowhere else to be but where you belong, at rest in God's presence, at home in God's love. Amen.